Thank you for joining us for another edition of Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'll be joined by my co-host, Aaron. Today, we're interviewing Farah Evers from Mexico. Farah is a filmmaker, actor, designer, and author. What you're about to hear is a quick film clip from Farah's film, Lady Muerta. Stick around after the film clip and sponsor message because we're going to interview Farah and talk about all of these different creative avenues. Again, thank you for joining us on Art Talk Podcast. Children are sacred. That is the assassin's code. Until you're forced to break it. Then you have to make a choice. Between snakes and rats. The question is... Which one do you want to be? Welcome to Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Twyman, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? I am doing just great, Dan. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Your hair looks nice. Oh, did you, you. Uh, color it, or yeah, what did you I do? Did. You did? Yeah. Put some uh, uh, red highlights on it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Pretty yeah. fun. What, what, do you remember what brand of product you used? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm not... No free fun. plugs for those guys. <laughs> um so everybody, I, I want to welcome everybody back. We've been um, uh, really enjoying creating these podcasts and uh, helping artists out, uh, getting a lot of good feedback from people, people requesting to be on the podcast, which is really exciting. We're in, being heard in many, many countries, which is also very exciting. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to a multi-talented uh, film producer, actor from Mexico named Farah Evers. And we should have Farah on the line. Are you with us, Farah? Yes. Hi. There you go. And uh, say hi, Erin. Hi. Hi, Farah. Hi, Erin. <laughs> so, um, uh, Farah, the I, I'm, I'm opening up my content here on another screen. But you're um, when I first uh, talked to you, I thought it was that you were a filmmaker. But you're actually an actor, a filmmaker, a designer, and an author. So 
you covered a lot of ground there. So what, which of those do you think uh, captures more of your time? Um, I would say everything captures my time equally because as you know, independent filmmakers, we have to be everything in the project. And uh, I, yeah. I basically write, uh, direct, produce my, my own stuff and wow. I act in them, but I also act in other projects as well. And, uh, work as a producer, uh, co-director, and so on wow. with other okay. independent uh, productions. Well, I guess if my if Erin here is ever in Mexico, she can help you out. She's been in production for, gosh, I'm I don't want to say how long. Erin, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm, I'm 29 and a half forever. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Erin's worked on... Uh, I'm a production manager, so... Yeah, Erin worked on West Wing TV show for years. She worked on uh, Gilmore Girls, Mentalist. She worked on um, Spider-Man films and all these other but big movies. Yeah, I've worked above and below the line. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm all I'm all for teamwork, you know. Possible. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, yeah. yeah, if you find yourself down here, please let's collaborate on something. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Absolutely. Um, so can you tell me, uh, Farah? As far as being a creative person, do you have a memory of something uh, early, early on when you were really young that you did that was creative, that got people's attention, that really had an impact on you? Um, the first thing I started with, I came into the movie industry very late mm-hmm. um, because um, I'm not Mexican, by the way. I just have to clarify this. I am Dutch, Lebanese. I grew up in Lebanon in the beginning, wow. in the Middle East. And so my background is a little bit rough. So there was no way for me to pursue my dreams. So I started out as a writer. And my very first, um, you would say, um, uh, as a writer was when I was around like 12 years old. I wrote a sci-fi story. It was my very first sci-fi. And that got a lot. And it was pretty strange for a little girl to write something sci-fi and in English. (laughs) What, What part of the world were you in when you did that? Lebanon. So how common was it for a 12-year-old girl in Lebanon to write a sci-fi story? It was not. It was, uh, the sci-fi was something uh, like strange or, you know, it, it wasn't common. So huh. it kind of, um, That's in interesting. Little... How did you, how were you exposed to sci-fi? I started reading at a very young age because we grew up in um, war-torn country and sure. Mm. There wasn't much entertainment going on. I mean, of course, we had like TVs and all that. But most of the time when there was no electricity and nothing else to do, mm-hmm. I would read. And I started very early, which also surprised my parents. They found it very weird because, you know, I was very young and always with a book in my hand. Mm-hmm. And every time we traveled with, with our parents, I would go straight at the airport, go straight to the, to the little bookstore and pick out a book. That was my, everybody goes for toys and I would go for books. So that seems, it seems, but it seems like that established an independence for you. Indeed. Indeed it did. And uh, I I kept on reading. uh, I remember my first sci-fi was, I think it was Douglas Adams or Asimov. I don't remember exactly. (laughs) We have that whole series of books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have the entire we have the entire series of his works. Yeah, yeah. Douglas Adams and Asimov both have impacted my writing as a oh, author. Wow, that's oh, interesting. Yeah, I love them. Love them. You know, my 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 early memory of sci-fi because I was born in the late fifties. 
was the Star Trek television show. I mean, we were exposed to sci-fi, obviously, way before that. But that show really had a huge impact on me. And what's really interesting to me is Gene Roddenberry is the only one who predicted correctly how things would be today, closer than anyone I've ever seen. And uh, if you think about it, when, when you watch Blade Runner, for example, Blade Runner depicts the future, but no one's carrying a communication device of any kind. Nobody has a cell phone. So they didn't, the, the creators of Blade Runner didn't envision that part of it, where Gene Roddenberry, way back in the late 50s, thought the idea of, of having a personal communicator in the future. Exactly. And, I wonder if he studied, wonder if he studied Tesla. Well, no. not only did he not only did he get the, the cell phone idea, the flip phone idea down, but he also people would bring Captain Kirk a tablet, electronic tablet. Yeah. This was in 1960, right. something. Huh. They'd bring him an electronic tablet with a little pen looking thing, which in the future turned out to be a, a pad with a stylist. Right, right. And there's just example after example after example of of him really nailing it when it came to predicting the future, you know, exactly. really. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, um, what's what's a project that you've worked on that you just it's just close to your heart? I would say Lady Muerte. Oh, yeah. The current project that uh-huh. is in post production right now. It is it is my baby. It is oh. my pure person. And it's now, a, it's a, yeah, sorry. Um, so I was going to say uh, my Spanish is not very stellar. Not good at all, actually. Uh, but Muerte means death, correct? Indeed. Lady death. Lady Muerte. Okay. Wow. Yeah, got it. Okay. So um, can you tell us, obviously, you don't want to give the whole thing away, but can you give us some uh, idea of what that's about? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Lady Muerte is an action movie, mainly about revenge, redemption, and reformation. Hmm. Um, the story is about like a group of elite assassins called the Heritors. And one of them is Lady Muerte herself, um, hmm. played by me. And she gets set up. Um, by one of her devious clients, like who forces her to break one of the heritor's sacred rules, which is like no women, no children. Huh. And haunted by the death of a child that she accidentally takes out job, she gets sloppy, turns into an alcoholic and becomes mm-hmm. obsessed with revenge. Huh. But at the same time, there's this internal struggle to leave this kind of lifestyle behind and start a clean slate. Oh, I love but that. her client won't go quietly. So he hires another heritor who happens to be an old flame of hers to take her out before she comes for him. And so oh. the movie deals with a lot of psychological aspects like love, betrayal, loyalty, oh. reforming one's behavior, um, oh. various nuances of what drives people to be good or bad or whether mm-hmm. anyone can actually um, fundamentally change or were most people born to fulfill a certain role that they can never break out of? You know, that, those kinds of questions. Is the film done in more of a gritty style or is it more of a sophisticated style? I would say a little bit of both. I was going to say okay. something like that would probably have to be both. Okay. Yeah. Well, that looks, that, that'll be something to look forward. And I'm we, sorry, the release of that film is when? We don't have a release date yet because we have been um, facing a lot of challenges from the beginning of this project. It's been a struggle. I mean, I mean, a struggle that I can't even describe to you <clears throat> until we reach this point of post-production. So right now um, 
we um, I'm, I'm working on the editing part and uh, you know putting putting everything together but we still have to do a bit of um, ADRs and we still have to do some narrating and uh, scoring yeah. you know so we, we don't exactly have a release date but we're hoping it's sometime maybe probably before the end of this year for sure in a, okay. in a few months from now. Farah do you have yes. just do you have distribution already lined up? I actually have been I'm, I'm so lucky and blessed I've been approached by distributors oh. because they saw the trailer oh excellent came up to me and said we're interested in that project and funnily enough, when I started the project, it started out as a short film. And it's because of distributors that I had to uh, stop, rewrite, and replan everything and extend mm-hmm. it into a feature film <laughs> so that I could get my distribution. So I'm talking to a couple of distributors um, at the moment that's still in negotiations. I think it's a frustration of many filmmakers. They make a film and then they run out of funds and they don't have funds to distribute the film, you know? Right. But if you're, yeah. but if you're hooked up, um, you know, just, you know, maybe, maybe you might want to, we, maybe we can talk if, if you're set up, that's great, but I do know an aggregator. So, you know, she's, uh, uh, an or, uh, company that is, uh, aggregate both the distributor and aggregator aggregator and producers. So, yeah. you know, it might be interesting to nowadays, you never know. It's yes. good to have contacts. Good to have contacts. Also, too, Farah. Um, so we've talked about acting. We've talked about filmmaking. But I noticed also that you're a designer. Can you tell us what that's about? Sure. Um, I've been a graphic designer for over over twenty years, twenty something years. Huh. I started out when when I went to university. I studied architecture. However. While trying to fund my um, university days, I started working as a graphic designer on the side, just like a freelance mm. uh, back in the day. And it took off. It took mm. off so so much that I, I went with it and I stayed with it. It became my career and I started my company, Ferreras Designs. And I specialized uh, later in life. And uh, I've done all, all kinds of um, graphics, everything from logos to, you know, posters and everything marketing, but I specialized in book covers and movie posters. And I actually, wonderfully years ago, won, a, won an award for um, my book cover designs. So it's my specialty. Oh, oh that's wonderful. That's what? interesting. Yeah. I, while you were telling me that, it was reminding me, and, and this is something a lot of actors are going to identify with, but, you know, I was, uh, when I met Aaron, I was um, doing theater, writing plays. I was going on auditions. I was working on films and TV commercials, whatever. And uh, then, you know, we got together and we got pregnant and yeah. uh, she said, I'm not raising a baby in an apartment. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I had to really focus on income. And when you're an actor, you make $2,500 yes. and then you make nothing for two weeks and then you make $5,000 and then you make nothing for three months. And then, you know, so it's it's too volatile. So I, I wanted the uh, steady income. So I got into the high-end art industry and it actually wound up that I sold Picasso, Dali, Chagall, Moreau, Warhol, all the heavyweight 20th century masters, you know? And, yeah. So I spent years selling high-end art and um, raised a family with it, you know? So it's interesting. It's, in, it's interesting where things lead you to, you know, kind of like, like you, Farrah, uh, talking about, um, how you started out, you know, you started out by writing a script and then 
that took off into all these different avenues. How- yes. Are you, can you, can you hear us? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. We lost you there a little bit. Um, so, so you, uh, so the designer aspect of it, that's fascinating. And then another thing I noticed was that you're also an author. Now, when you, uh, when we talk about that, and it also mentions that your uh, your publications are available on Amazon. What what have you published so far as an author? So um, I have uh, my fir- my first couple of uh, short stories were published via um, a publishing company, uh, Accenture Writers, and um, oh, sorry, Twin Trinity Media. That's what they're called. Okay. Um, and uh, then I published my own. I'm, I'm self-published, basically. Oh, good uh, for after you. That. Good for you. Okay. I published a couple of sci-fi. One is a novel. It's a trilogy. The, the other parts of it were still in the works, not published yet, because I transitioned from literature to screenplay. And I decided that I'd love to stay within the screenwriting um, Okay, I got it. But as far as like any publications that you do have published that are out there, is there anything that we can mention that anyone can look for? Um, Demo Origins. That's the first part of my sci-fi. Demo Origins? Demo Origins. It's on Amazon. And uh, a short story called um, Reformation, which is sci-fi and it's available on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, the nice thing the nice thing about being an artist is you never know when that spark's going to happen where somebody sees something you did kind of like you talked about your film project and the trailer attracted people that wanted to be involved. Um so so I always like to try to mention everything and anything because you never know like I say when somebody might pick up one of your publications and decide hey let's do more with this make a film out of it who knows what but uh well, <laughs> Yeah but I, yeah. I always I always like to mention everything because again I've had I've had things come out of left field for me in the creative world that I didn't expect and you just never know where it's going to come from you know But yeah. um so uh so as far as um, we talked about your early days and kind of early creativity, as you were going through your, uh, you know, let's say journey as a creative person, uh, when it came to educating yourself in, in being a, in, in, like in my case, let's say art school or whatever it was, uh, how much did education play a role in what led you to where you are today? Oh, big time. Um, university days were a big influence on, although I majored in architecture, I was doing a minor in fine arts. So I also do paintings and digital paintings and stuff like that. So, and I did exhibit um, a couple of times. So that also uh, propelled me forward in my artistic journey. And during those uni days, the way I was paying my tuition fees off was um, working in the theater. So oh. I started out in the theater mainly. Oh, and nice. Yeah. That is the, the main, uh, that was where it all started in yeah. uni from the theater. And uh, yeah, that, think, that was the beginning of everything. I think anybody in the creative world should spend some time in the theater because it changes who you are, you know? Indeed. It, it, exactly. it, it, I spent many years in the theater and it, it's, uh, you just have to experience it. You know, it's, it's not something it, you, you can it's describe. amazing. Yeah, you- it's its own feeling. It's its own thing. I, I don't know how to explain it. 
I mean, I had to transition, not had to, but I wanted to transition back to, to cinema. But theater, I mean, I always miss it. I miss everything about it. I've done everything in theater from directing. Uh, I've written a couple of plays. I've, I've acted in several. Um, it's 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 well, you know, for, for, for actors, you know, we have a point in life where we're young and we say, I want to be an actor. And yeah. someone says, okay, well, here's what you need to do. And so a friend of mine heard me say that. And he got me into an acting class with an accomplished uh, acting coach. And then he, with no experience at all, barely any, he took me over to a, a, the playhouse and they were doing a production of Harvey, the play about the invisible rabbit. And Jimmy Stewart was in the film, a black and white film. And, uh, you know, he introduced me to the director and the director had just lost an actor and he was under the gun because they had to get this small part filled really quick. And so he said, well, he's too young. He doesn't look right for the part, but we need somebody. So, okay, fine. And so uh, that's how I got my first uh, theater role. And, um, you know, when I stepped out on that stage, my heart felt like it was going to fly out of my chest. I was, I, I was about to collapse. But when I did my lines and the audience reacted, it totally changed everything, and I was completely hooked right there from then on. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the minute you, that when that passes, that's it. You're, you need more. Do you want to do it again? You can't wait to be on stage again. It's and a, you, you, I mean, that stage fright is a normal thing, I think, for all of us, even for, like, super professional actors who do this, you know, day mm -hmm. in, day out and everything. But it's part of the beauty of doing this. It's, um, it's that rush, the feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting low on time. I, I want to ask, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if you wanted uh, anyone to see your content or participate in anything that you're doing, where's the best place for people to contact you? Um, if it's uh, movie related, um, they can, my, my, unfortunately, my website is still under construction. So um, I could be found on Facebook, mostly for okay. anything art related, everything uh, or email. Okay, well, why don't we do this? I'll go ahead and when I post the uh, episode, I'll list your Facebook in the comment section. And uh, we also have a dedicated website for the podcast. It's called artworkpodcast.com. I'll go ahead and add you to that website. I, 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 somebody did say to me, hey, you're not up to date on your website, and I'm going to get to it. It's just that I didn't realize when I got into this how much the editing and other things that you do for a podcast, how time-consuming that is. It's very time-consuming. Yeah. So um, uh, one thing I, I'm, I've not been able to get to, which I really want to get to, and I've got, if you're listening out there, I have a few people that have been waiting for me to get back to them about crypto art and NFTs. And um, what I literally had to do is, is stop booking people, and I need to dedicate probably a week or two or something, and I need to really just sit down and learn NFTs, crypto art, and that whole world, you know? Right. So you mentioned digital art. Have you looked at all at the NFTs or crypto art world? I have, but it's not my... When I say digital art, I'm talking about creating my paintings with um, Photoshop rather than a brush and an actual canvas. Right, right. I've done that. It's it's interesting. I, I, I tend to gravitate back to the pen and paper and and acrylics and all that stuff, but I, I have done some digital stuff. But uh, do you like digital, or I mean, or, or do you have a preference? Or 
Yes, I do. I, I prefer digital only because I, I travel a lot and I'm, you know, I, I came here to Mexico and I'm back and forth here and there. So it's very hard when you when you don't settle in one place, it's hard to have all those giant canvases and paintings. Of course, and of course. Around. But yes. I mean, I would love to, to go back to the uh, traditional way of painting and having another exhibition. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to get paint all over yourself and the floor and the wall. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, at some point you get frustrated with a painting, you stand back a few feet and just start throwing paint at the canvas, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, um, listen, we're, we're kind of out of time, but uh, I got to okay. tell you, re- really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, you're a very fascinating person. Um, it's really interesting always hearing someone's kind of a, a little bit Slant of their life, things, yeah. a little bit of their life story, you know, but yours is really interesting. Your when it comes to geography and your background and all of that kind of thing, it's fascinating. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so. I feel like, like we, feel I'm like sorry. I, I didn't hear that. What was that? Me or her. <laughs> no, I didn't, you got garbled oh. out there by, by something. What was that? Oh, sorry. I said it, it was a great pleasure and thank you so much for having me on your show. Of course, absolutely. Well, I was going to say, I feel like we need more time to get to know you, to hear more about <laughs> you, you know, because it sounds yeah. like you, you're so multi-talented. You have so many different gifts. We want to know Thank more. Yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to chat some more with you some other time. Well, how about this? Uh, when your film is released, why don't we do a... Uh, see, I keep forgetting. I'll do things that make noise, Erin. Yeah. I'll do things that make noise and forget I'm doing it. Now, when I'm right. editing, I'm like, why was I patting my knees while I was talking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here making noise. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. uh, when your film comes out, is what I was trying to say. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you, if you notify us, we'll go ahead and schedule an episode and make you know talk about the release of the film. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, definitely. Yes. Thank you perfect. so much. And I'll, I'll friend you on Facebook too. So Please do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can okay. talk more. I just want to, can I can I give a very quick shout out to to uh, my uh, friend director Pablo Pavlov. Uh, the uh, writer, author of uh, the movie of the movie Victorious and the book Victorious, the Great sure. Victory. How it's do you a spell? movie that I'm, I'm acting in. Oh, wonderful. how do you spell um, his last name? Pavlov. P A B L O F F. Pavlov. Okay. Okay. Pavlov. Yeah, it's a it's a Mexican production that I'm involved in right now. I'm co-directing and acting in, and I just oh, wanted a quick shout out to that project because. Uh, you know, and we're very excited about releasing that movie as well. I have a question about Pavlov. Does he own a dog? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he doesn't have a dog? What? Oh, God. <laughs> what? Uh, first thing I thought of. Anyway. Without a V in the middle, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's where my mind goes. Always with the jokes. Always with the jokes. <laughs> okay, Farah. We really enjoyed speaking to you. Aaron, do you have any final inspirational words? Just keep, just pl- Keep plugging away at, at your creativity. If you got it, you got to let it out. There you go. I will. And thank you so much, Aaron and Dan. Thank you so much. Okay, Farrah. Thanks for, for being on our show. We every, loved it. And, it. and everyone, we will be back uh, soon with another podcast. We're going to be interviewing Simone de Vicher from France. I hope I'm saying her name right. De but Fisher, but uh, she is a very talented artist. So, <laughs> Aaron's making fun of me. Uh, uh, don't say that. You can't stop politically correct. I'm not politically this, correct. This is heard by the public. <laughs> I am Gosh. in public. Anyway, in politically some, correct. Sometimes I have to keep a muzzle on her. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hit you over the head with a muzzle. <laughs>
Okay. All right, Farah, we enjoyed it and we will talk to you soon. Everybody, we'll talk to you soon. That's all for today. Bye, y'all. Okay.